From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 151 for the week of June 6, 2013. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan a perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Mulatto-Willie, and Michael Bowling, plus Diz Senior Editor Leah Zanola and her husband David. In this segment, we continue talking with David and Leah about their first trip to Southern California and Disneyland, and we are going to pick up with California Adventure. Um, the next day we went to California Adventure, um, and the first thing the boys said was, this looks just like Hollywood Studios uh-huh. in the entrance, you know, the... I don't know what you call that, the marquee and everything. Um, and we decided on the first day there that we were going to run straight for Cars Land. Uh-huh. And then we would take our time looking through the rest of the park at another time. And so David went straight to Fast Passes. The rest of us went straight to Get In Line. We were there at Rope Drop. We were there early. And um, so the boys and I were waiting. We were so excited. We were so close to the front. And then they announced Radiator Springs Racers will not be opening. <laughs> And I thought, oh, no, are you kidding me? And I called Nancy, and I said, where should we go? What do we do? And she said, go to Luigi's Flying Tires. So, okay, that was our plan. So we head there, and it's closed. And (laughs) so we ended up spending the entire morning in Cars Land, which was fine, because we obviously wanted to see that. That was one of the main reasons that we came. Um, But I think we maybe only did one ride. Well, yeah, because I I was out of the Radiator Springs Racers Fast Pass line. I was out of it. I, I, um... I basically started, let's see, where was I in line? I was across from, was it Carthay Circle, Leah? I yeah, think it, probably. Is it where I was. Yeah. And I, I was out of, I mean, I was, I was out of the machines by about 10 minutes after, so it wasn't a ton of time, but, um, yeah, I think I was done in, in just about 10 minutes, because once they start moving it, it moves. Cause they had, they had a cast member, um, at every single fast pass machine right. helping you to take your tickets and that. I think that that's fantastic. Because in Orlando, they do not have that. And you know, some people try to, you know, they, I mean, they take out their credit card, they take out their driver's license, they take out their AAA cards, and just try to put all these different things different ways and shove napkins in. And you, you, how is this that difficult to do? And it was fantastic with <laughs> as many people who were in line that they just took your cards, put them in, gave you your fast passes. And so that was a, that was a very small touch, but that was very neat. And I think I was, I was dreading that line because I know we've heard people say it could be, you know, 45 minutes or so, but I was only in line. I wasn't as far back as I could have been, but I was only in line for about 10 minutes. Nice. And we were glad that you guys had told us that the Fast Passes are not at the attraction, because otherwise we would have all headed that direction. Right. There were signs saying Fast Passes are over here, but if you were on the right side of the crowd, you might not have seen those signs. And so we were glad that we knew that ahead of time. Otherwise, we would have been, I don't who have been, who knows how far back. Um, so we did get to ride the ride, I think, maybe three times the first day, and absolutely loved it. It's everything that everybody says that it is. I mean, you really, you feel like you are the car. I was telling my mom tonight, you, you, when you drive up to the waterfall, and you sort of slow down, and you can just feel like you're pausing to look, like, you know, at this amazing scenery, and then you start going again, and it just, it, that part made me feel like, feel like I was the car. I mean, it sounds silly. But it, it was, it was perfect. Well, that's, was and that's so exactly, cool. and that's exactly what happens in the movie. When, when Lightning right. Queen goes out there, he kind of slows down and yes. it gives you chills because, you know, they know how to work music and they know how to tug at those heartstrings. Yeah. That may have been the second time I cried a little. 
Um, and, and so, you know, we stopped right there, saw, saw the waterfall, and it was just – but my boys had already been on it because I went on with a child switch with one of them, and so – um, they were kind of telling me all these things. I'm like, no, don't tell me anything. I just want to experience it. I want to experience you know, the ride on my own. But it was a, yeah, it was an absolute, absolute blast. Yeah, we, we loved it. We would have ridden that over and over and over if we could have. Um, we loved getting to see Radiator Springs. And the boys said, oh, my gosh, we're here. Like, this is where they are in the movie. And, um, you know, we... Not all this first day, but we ate it every cozy cone. We ate it flows a couple times, as Jonah told you earlier. Awesome macaroni and cheese. What um, kind of popcorn? Uh, only the butter because Jacob was ordering. I wanted him to try the dill pickle, but he wouldn't do it. <laughs> the dill pickle's um, wonderful. I told him. I said, Nancy loves the dill pickle popcorn, but he didn't want to. But as a diabetic, uh, I almost would have put in a second insulin pump <laughs> if I could have had more of those churro bites. Churro bites. Those things were. Aren't those decadent? Well, um, normally, normally when you get a churro in a theme park, you know, and they keep them on those little warming racks, if you even call them that, and so they get kind of stiff, and so the inside isn't very gooey, and this is very descriptive yeah. of a churro bite. But <laughs> there, I don't know if I just got a fresh batch or what, but it, it almost tasted like there was filling inside of them, and it, they were just, they were, and they weren't very expensive either. I mean, I was expecting six or seven bucks, and they're only five, and they were just, they, we had meant to get a second one on our way out of one place, but then we had to end up finishing a lot of the kids' lunches because we were cheap and didn't want to waste money. So we shoved in everything they didn't eat and so then weren't hungry for churro bites anymore. But those were unbelievable. Um, another little tip. I went to the – is it Chili Cone Queso? Is that the name of it? Yeah. I went to the Chili Cone, and they will let you sample those if you – because I wanted to sample the chicken. Uh-huh. I don't remember what it's called. Chicken Verde. Yeah, I wanted to sample it just to see how spicy it was. And, or I asked, actually I just asked, is it spicy? And they said, oh, do you want to just sample it? And so I thought that was great. Um, so I had a sample of that and I thought that was, it was very good, but too spicy for me for the entire cone. So I went with the chili, which was also quite tasty. Um, and so we did sample, we didn't get ice cream because we figured we can get ice cream anywhere. Right. But we did sample all of that. We loved the food at Flo's, was really good, huge portions and Really good. I loved getting the vegetables with it and not feeling, you know, like it's not just a burger and fries. Right. Um, so that was good. One day Jacob lost a tooth at Flo's, and so nice. that was very exciting to lose a tooth at Disneyland. Um, and we had a. Oh, he had, did lose it. Yeah, he did finally. Yeah. The, the last day. Yeah, the last day. Yep. And we had great cast members everywhere. We were just really impressed, especially in Cars Land. We thought the cast members were all just super friendly, and this girl. We didn't know how we were going to get this tooth back to the hotel for the tooth fairy to come, you know, so we don't lose this little tooth. And we thought about the little cups that they put, like, salad dressing in. And so I asked if they had a lid for them. And she said, let me check. She came back and she said, no, we don't actually have lids anymore. But I can go over to the cones and get one from the churro bites place for you and bring it back. And I thought, that's awesome, you know, that she's going to go across the street and get that for us. So... We have our little salad dressing container with the tooth in it. So the tooth fairy came and brought a Disney dollar the next day. So nice. that was fun. Um, so we loved Radiator Springs. And uh, we shopped at all the stores and you know, <laughs> we, we saw everything. Um, what about the rest of California well, Adventure? Uh, you want to you talk? We, we didn't see tons of it. Yeah, we were – we did not – our expectations were definitely – not accurate when it came to how busy the crowds are going to be and how how important using our time to the utmost was going to be. 
you know, that's why Leah kept saying, you know, get ready in case they, in case the podcast team asks you for what advice would you have to people who have never been for going the first time. And I think if my, my, my number one. How'd you know that was on my list? (laughs) She said, Tom or somebody's going to ask this. And so my number, if I can throw that in now, at least one of them, my number one tip is make sure that you use it, you take advantage of the park opening. Because I don't know that I listened well enough when you all had told Leah, and I know you had told her the park's going to get busy after five, and she said it's going to get busy after five. But again, I can't stress enough how 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 much your park touring habits in Orlando, if you're an Orlando park person, how much those almost become muscle memory, and so how you know, like in Orlando, obviously rope drop is extremely important if you can get there because you're going to get there a ton in that first hour or so. But you can still show up within the first two, two and a half hours, and you're not really going to notice disgustingly thick crowds. We didn't realize how much it was, how busy it was going to be. And so I think, we even met Nancy, I think, that day for lunch and said that we were there. So we got there to California Adventure at, at park opening. I mean, I was, you know, I was in line before the park opened, before the Fast Pass line started moving for Radiator Springs. And we left to go back for naps at 2 o'clock and had ridden Radiator Springs Racers four times total between the family and Tower of Terror, and that was it. Uh-huh. Oh, by, that's, that, by, yeah, that's by the two, day. By 2 o'clock. Yeah, we went to Carthay Circle for lunch because we had our our um, World of Color package. Right. Yeah. So time management, and it's, it's vacation, and it sounds kind of silly that you have to pay attention, but if you know that it's a short trip or that it's going to be a one-time-only trip, Taking advantage of those early hours, as we learned from that day, that 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 was the day mm-hmm. that I think the light switch kind of flipped on for us, and we knew we had to start adjusting. Because the first couple days, if we're being completely honest, we kind of just took it easy and figured, ah, five days, we're going to be fine. That's plenty <laughs> of time to do everything. And so we didn't necessarily not not going commando really, but we didn't necessarily go 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 and take advantage of you know let's wait on that because that doesn't have a way we can do that. It was you want to do this, let's do this. Well, and we wanted we wanted to just walk around and see things too. Right in the beginning, you know, we didn't want to have to run to everything in the beginning. And so on the way back to the hotel that Tuesday afternoon after Carthay Circle, when we said, oh my gosh, we've been here for it's been about five hours and have gotten really just two rides done, you know, two attractions done. Uh We need to start adjusting, and so then after that night, World of Color is a different story, obviously, because we had to get back for that. But that next Wednesday morning, it was as if we were a different family because we knew <laughs> time is, you know, clock is ticking. We need to make sure that we get stuff done, and so we didn't really get to see a lot of BCA on that first day because we went to Carthay Circle. That was probably an hour and a half meal. Uh-huh. We went home, took a few naps, got some jackets and stuff, and then came back and did a couple other things before World of Color, but then you know, got to World of Color at 8.15, I think, to our reserve viewing section. Uh-huh. And then by the time we were done with that, it was, you know, the park was almost closed. Your yeah. lines were too long that we really didn't get much done that night. So our first day was definitely not as productive as we wanted it to be. But being able to see World of Color, which knocked our socks off, and then being able to do Cars Land, I mean, it was, it was by no means a disappointment the productivity level for us in terms of a how many things did we get accomplished right. and checked off our list wasn't as high as we hoped it would have been. We would definitely recommend the Carthay Circle lunch. Oh, my, yes. Cheaper than the dinner. Uh-huh. Um, I mm-hmm. think it was maybe $90 total for all of us, so it was a lot of money for lunch. The first right. tip, it was $90 because they made 
each adult had to get an entree and then either an appetizer or right. a dessert, and each child had to get an entree as well. Right. Um, and, yeah, so it was more than we obviously normally would spend for lunch. Um, and then we we are in a hotel, so we didn't take leftovers back or anything, so we kind of wasted some food, which, you know. But the spot that you get for Carthay Circle is perfect. Yeah, it is. And it's right in the middle. And they will tell you it starts at 9 o'clock, and they'll say, you need to just come around 845. We went at 8.15, and we're able to be in the front of the section, and right up against the fence, so nobody can be in front of us. You're up just a little bit, like on another tier, so you can see it was it was perfect. So if anybody does that, we would say, don't show up right at 8.45. You know, you can. There was plenty of space in our section. But for kids. But, yeah, but it was nice to be yeah. right in the front, because yeah. there was another yeah. family standing right behind us, and their kids couldn't see. So we had them come up to the fence by us, but because we were there a little bit early, you know, and we, we parked ourselves there, and then Dave went off and got food and came back. You know, and we ate there for our supper. So that's something. Um, I'm trying to think. I was going to say something else. Oh, um, we had five days for our Disneyland portion, uh-huh. and everybody, not just you guys, everybody says, oh, my gosh, you will see everything in that five days. I think that that's not necessarily true for everybody because the – the situation that we ran into was with our short daughter, we had to do rides separately, which took extra time. We had to take time out for naps, plus we hadn't seen anything before, and so we kind of just wandered a little bit. And so we were talking, and we said we probably could have used, like, two more days just to feel like we really did everything. Was there anything, so, that, you, was there anything that you missed that you really, really wanted to see? Oh, well, there was a ton of – well, we didn't get to do – Anything on the rivers of America. We didn't do the okay. riverboat. We didn't right. get to do, and Nancy kept telling us about the pirate ship, and we just didn't get to. We didn't go to Tom Sawyer's Island, which as, we wanted to do. As historical park fans, we both really wanted to go to the Golden Horseshoe. Uh-huh. Didn't have time to do that. Um, and so there were a lot of those things. And now part of that was decisions on our part to, we know, there, there's obviously a chance that Leah and I, you know, sometime in the next five, ten years, might take a solo trip, just the two of us, uh-huh. but we're probably guessing that with expensive as airfare is for five people and food and all that kind of stuff, especially once the kids have to start paying adult prices, which won't be very long for a couple right. of them, right. that we don't anticipate being back with them within a decade, at least not as of now. Yeah. And so we really tried to make an effort to, even if it messed up what we wanted to do, if right. one of them said, I want to go ride this again, okay, fine, let's go ride that. And so there right. may have yeah. there may have been time, right. but there were a lot of those things um, you know, at Disneyland that we didn't get to do. We didn't do Autopia. We didn't do the yes, Casey Junior. Not not Autopia. Um, yeah. after, after Orbiter. Yeah. Uh, we didn't do Casey Junior's train. We didn't really spend a lot of time in Toontown, um, which Toontown annoys me. So I'm glad that Mary Jo took them there for a little bit as well. I think, I think we did the Casey <laughs> Junior train with Mary Jo. Okay. So the boys did it. Or yeah, we did. The- okay. we, we did. Yeah. 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 So there were a few we things, were and like cake. like David said, there were some things that we could have skipped that were the exact same. You know, we wanted to do Space Mountain because it's different, even though there is Space Mountain at Disney World. Um, And then also, like he said, some things we did twice. You know, we could have adjusted that a little bit differently, but, you know, we're also having to listen to children telling us where they want to go. So um, I would say, like I saw a thread on the boards once, somebody's going, I think like 10 days or something, and all the comments are saying, what in the world? What are you going to do for 10 days? I think we could have oh. done 10 days. Uh-huh. You could have easily done 10 Especially days. Especially with naps and, you know, really taking our time. We missed some stuff. 
and not stuff that we're going to cry about, you know, and that we're going to be upset. We wanted, we did the stuff that we really, really wanted to make sure that we got done, like the tiki room. We really wanted to do that. We don't normally do it at Disney World. We wanted to do that at Disneyland. Um, we wanted to ride Dumbo at Disneyland, you know, some things like that. And we've made sure to do those special things. Right. So we also took time out to sit for Fantasmic, you know, to really wait. If we went back, yeah. we wouldn't maybe sit for two hours ahead of right. time. Um, we probably would do the Carthay Circle lunch again to get yeah. the easy viewing for World of Color. Um, you know, so there were some things like that that we could have adjusted our time. But I guess I would just say, you know, people people sort of, you know, make it seem like, well, you only need two days to do Disneyland. I, I Especially if you've never been there before and you're going with kids, I think five days is not always enough. Well, and I also think if I can, if I can add to that, Leah, is... I think that another thing that really plays into that is whether or not you've been to Disney World, because there were some mm-hmm. things right. that we intentionally said, it, it's not a big deal if we don't get on these, because they're carbon copies, or at least close enough right. to, uh, you know, to Disney World. Let's see, Toy Story Mania, we did not ride, and we loved that attraction. Yeah, it's our, one of our favorites. We, we just didn't ride it. Um, we did not ride Thorin, again, one of my favorites. But we didn't do it because we've been to it. And so I would think that if a family has never, if a family similar to ours, and I think Lee is right in that one of the mitigating factors that really affected our productivity was not only having an infant that couldn't ride and so we had to use rider switch, but also that there were times where she had to go back for a nap. I mean, she would sleep in the stroller for maybe an hour or so, but that was not enough of a strong sleep as she needed. And yeah. so having to go back and lose a collect, there were a lot of things. I never got to ride Dumbo, and that's probably one of my regrets because, you know, that, I mean, when you think about Disneyland, one of the images you get are people riding Dumbo. And yeah, I've ridden it plenty of times in Orlando, but to do it in Disneyland, Leah and the kids did that one afternoon when I took Lydia back for a nap. But I think that there's so many factors, you know, being able to give, which is why it was, it's been a, it's been a blessing to be able to have you guys ahead of time give us advice and, and, you know, get, get differing opinions on things because I really don't think, and I think sometimes people sense this, well tell me what to do. You know, somebody will say, oh you've been to Disneyland, you go to Disney World a lot, tell me what I should do, tell me what I shouldn't miss. And a lot of times they get frustrated because we'll say, well it kinda depends. What do your kids like to do? What ages are they? Do they still need naps? Do they not need naps? Are they okay early? Are they okay late? There's so many different factors that play into it that for us at the stage our kids are and still needing naps and having even, you know, even skipping some attractions because they're the same in Orlando, I still think that I agree with Leah that if we had two more days, we wouldn't have felt as stressed. And I think that we could have gone back. Again, I'm one of these people that I I would have spent tons of time on Main Street just walking up and down, looking at all the shops. I only looked at one window on Main Street, and, of course, those are iconic in terms of what they mean to, to theme park culture and Disney culture and that kind of stuff. And I never even really got time to appreciate any of them or take pictures because it was just always, I want to do this. I can't possibly leave because we haven't done this yet. We're leaving tomorrow and we do this. And so it was just it was fantastic because we got so much done. But I think it shows you how much there is to do there. Yes, the park is so much smaller and I know people always joke about the park size, but it's smaller, but there's so much crammed into that that you want to make sure you get all those things done. And so I would say if people have never been there, that you do you do at least five days at an absolute minimum 
and then maybe even consider longer because you can do it at a more relaxed pace instead of feeling like you're rushing. Right. Like we never went to downtown Disney. I mean, we walked through it. Right. We never stopped there other than to go to the world of Disney and go shopping. We never ate in any restaurant other than uh, we did eat an early sandwich before we checked in to the Disneyland Hotel. And then we got some beignets on the way the first day to the Right, park. we did we do that. Yeah, right, okay, never... okay, you brought up food. This is the Disneyland show. What were your food highlights? Mm, well, we loved flows. The food was great. Okay. Um, yep. The kids loved it. The chocolate mud pie, oh my goodness. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, I, and... I loved never having to eat a hamburger. Yeah, we didn't eat any burgers. Mm. Yep. And that sounds silly, but I'm, I'm, I'm a very, I'm a very picky eater. I'm a, in fact, I went to one meal and I told the server, I'm a meat and potatoes guy. I'm from the Midwest. I, you, you just give me, I don't, I don't care how you cook it. I don't care what's on it, what's around it. I just want meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes. And so at Disney World, a lot of times I feel like we go to a place and yeah, they have a Caesar salad or they have some other things, but sometimes whether I had that the meal before, there are a lot of similar offerings, and the food's definitely more expensive at Disneyland, but I think the portion sizes you get and the variety you get, with the mm-hmm. exception of a corn dog, two meals in a row, simply because <laughs> that's where we were, and that was as easy as it was to get to, and then we went to Flo's. No, actually, I didn't even have the same meal at Flo's. No. I only ate the same thing once when but I had have- a corn dog, two meals. So much variety and so many different options and so much seating. I think I told Nancy... When we were with her once, I said, you know, it's as if when they were building the park or expanding or making changes, they understood how much seating they had to have for people to eat, yeah. but yet they didn't also make those adjustments with how much space in the bathrooms. <laughs> because the bathrooms <laughs> were like a carnival parking lot. I mean, yeah. they were just, I mean, there are lines at the men's restroom, and, you know, it's very, very rare to happen. And so it was, it was fantastic being able to have different options. And, again, I never saw a French fry. I never ate a French fry, and the only, I guess I take that back. I had a burger and fries at Carthay Circle for lunch, but that's simply because that was one of the cheapest things on the menu. And, and those are, keep it down. those were fancy burger and fries. They were burgers that we could have. That was a $25 burger and fries. Split. Right, yeah. right. I liked, I had a chimichanga from one of the carts, and yeah. I had that just because I thought, well, that's weird. Like, you know, getting a chimichanga oh, from a little cart. We didn't warn her about really the good. chimichangas? I, I, we had that conversation in the park too. Okay. <laughs> After I had already eaten it, I what, what's in it? What's in it? We always want to know what's in it. Yeah, it's kind of like Jack's Jack in the Box tacos. What's really? Oh in it. no! Well, I enjoyed it, and our daughter, who doesn't eat anything, took it from my hands and ate nice. half of it. Okay, so speaking wow. of burger, speaking of burgers and fries, did you get your in and out burger? Well, yes, sort of. Should we bring um, this up? Yeah, we um we stopped there on the way to the airport because okay. we literally forgot to go Oops. until we were there. And we pulled in, we parked, we went in and ordered, and um I like researched you know the secret menu and everything and what we were gonna have. And it took forever to get our food. Oh, it no. probably really wasn't as long as we felt like, but we were rushing right. to the airport. Right. Then we couldn't back our car out because the drive-through line was so long. So I had to stand and stop them all while Dave backed out. And then we had two hours to get gas, drop off the rental car, and get to our flight, and we were just freaking out. So we we did, but we shoved it down so fast that I don't know that it really counts. So you have we to come back. We the fries all over the floor because somebody almost hit us, so we slammed on the brakes. The fries fell <laughs> everywhere. So, yeah, we need to go back. <laughs> so what I had of it was, was good, but it wasn't quite the experience I was looking for. <laughs> I, think, I think the other thing, too, you know, Tom, you'd ask about food. I was 
in heaven when it came to how much fresh quality yeah. fruit there was. Oh, yeah. I cannot mm-hmm. tell you how many fruit carts at um, on Buena Vista Street and then uh, right across uh, from the Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. Those pineapple spears, look, I, I love pineapple. When we have pineapple on sale around here, we'll buy two or three of them, and they won't last us a day. Ask Nancy how many oranges I took from her tree. I mean, <laughs> oh, I, I know. Just, we, we, we don't get, when it's, when it's fruit oh, that season was funny. here, which is about a two-month window in the summer, when we actually get good quality fruit, I mean, our bill is just insane because of how much fruit we eat around this house because that's what the kids snack on. They have frozen grapes at ball games and all that kind of stuff. It was so good. And the grapes, grapes at Disney World, they have them in the little plastic bags. Just seem like somebody's left them sitting there. Like they almost smell whiny. They're pre-packaged. They're pre-packaged. Yeah. And so when I was in Disney World last time in March, I said, I've never gotten a pineapple spear at Aloha Isle. I'm going to get one. It wasn't a pineapple spear. It was like they gave you some of, like, it actually had the rind on it or whatever it we're no going to call it. no flavor at all. No flavor. The way to eat it, I mean, think about if you just took, you know, one side of a pineapple and then shucked the side off of it with a knife and then it still had the, the thick green peel on it. Think about how you have to try to eat that. I mean, it doesn't bend like a like a banana peel or like an orange yeah. peel as easily. And so you're trying to find a way to eat it. And I thought, this is a waste of money. And so we get to Disneyland, and they say pineapple spears, and I say, okay, there's no way. So I'm like, oh, they look like a spear. I couldn't get it out of my kids' hands. We had to buy three of them because they were so amazing. The grapes were phenomenal. The strawberries, just the fruit all over the place was just absolutely – and that sounds silly, but there's sometimes for snacks so few options. I love popcorn. I always joke with my students when I take them to Disney World or with my family that it doesn't matter what time of day it is, I want popcorn. And I had some popcorn. I would guess that I probably had less than half – of the popcorn I normally have on a Disney trip mm-hmm. because so bad when it was warm outside, all I wanted was just some ice water and a thing of grapes or a thing of strawberries or a pineapple. And so that's one piece of advice to people about snacking in the parks is people a lot of times say you have to pack things and you can pack things to save money, which we did. We brought fruit snacks and handy snacks and that kind of stuff. But I don't feel as guilty about spending the money when it's so healthy and it's so stinking good as that fruit in those stands that they always have on ice everywhere. I could not get yep. enough of it. I, I would guess that we spent $100 just on, <laughs> on, on, on fruity snacks. Also, about, about fruit real quick, Legoland has really, really good healthy food, lots of different options. Mm-hmm. Um, like their breakfast, they had smoothies included in their buffet and all just all kinds wow. of really fresh stuff. They're in Carlsbad, and apparently Carlsbad is known for strawberries, and so there were strawberries in yep. everything that were fresh from from Carlsbad. So I forgot to mention that when we talked about Legoland. We were incredibly impressed with how good their food was. So um, the other other food thing on our trip was that we were able to go to Club 33. Oh. Um, And so um, Mary Jo babysat for several hours because it was a long long meal. Um, And as a Disney fan, oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, we were so excited to be able to do that. I yeah. bought my first ever sports coat just to go. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> he did, yeah. Son was very careful packing it and everything. And so, um, yeah, so that was really fun. We were telling Mary Jo, we don't have, we don't get to dress up around here and go out on a date. We go to Pizza Hut in the movie. Right. Or Sam, normally Sam's Club in the movie. <laughs> we do our Sam's Club shopping and eat pizza there. We just don't have fancy places here. And so it was fun to be really dressed up, you know, walking through the park dressed up is really fun, too. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, we rang the little bell. I rang the bell, and I was super excited. And she said, oh, do you want to take the lift or the stairs? I'm like, please, I'm taking the lift. Do you know the story about this sure, thing? Really yes. <laughs> You're not going to make me walk up the stairs. 
<laughs> and so we did that, and um, I think we were there maybe two and a half hours or so. Yeah, at, at least. least. And in the beginning, I said, we're not fancy. Like, how can we stay here for this long? This just isn't isn't possible. But, you know, we ordered each course separately. And our waiter had been there, I think he said 22 years. Mm-hmm. His name was Lewis. And um, so we asked him, tell us the history of everything, you know, to just tell us anything that you know. And so he stood and talked to us for a while, and then he would go and bring out another course and tell us things. And it was not busy at all. I think there were maybe... I don't know, maybe five tables. We were in the main dining room, and the trophy room oh. was not even being used. Um, so oh. we just took our time and got up and wandered around whenever we felt like it. We went out on the balcony and took all of our pictures. You know, we went out, we went into the trophy room and just wandered around and took pictures because there's nobody dining in there, so we could be in there as long as we want. Yeah, there was a table. There were there were three other tables when we were dining there, and one of them was a party of eight middle school boys and one of their parents on a, <laughs> oh, for a birthday party. One of these boys' birthdays, and we thought, that's weird. And I almost <laughs> offered to pay them $5 to see their check, but <laughs> oh. I didn't because, oh, my. Yeah. yeah but so, so was it everything you hoped it would be? Yeah. Yeah, it was Good. It was really cool. I mean, you know, we had, the guy had been there for so long, and he said he's actually the youngest out of the waiters. Everybody else has been there even longer. <laughs> and... I think he said he's number 11. He's been, you know, everybody else has been there longer than him. And so that was just amazing. So he knew all about it. He he dispelled the myth of the pens being flown in from England. We'd always heard, have you heard this? Uh-uh. They fly the pens in from England and some cast member, like, carries, hand carries them to oh Club 33. I don't know. But he said no. According to him, that's not true. Yeah. So, um, but so, you know, he could tell us all the history about each, about the paintings and the, you know, the harpsichord and the table and the phone booth and everything that's there. We, you know, we kind of walked around with him and um, he showed us a couple things. And so he was able to talk to us about everything on the menu. Like David said, you know, meat and potatoes, I don't want anything fancy. So he could tell him what was good for that. And so we were able to ask lots of questions and it was just really neat. It was fun to go out on the balcony and watch people wandering around. And you're up there in your fancy, you know, dress and suit and they're just, running around eating their corn dogs, and so that was kind of fun. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we, I mean, we we were there, I, it was at least two and a half hours, I think, just talking and watching all the other people and looking around at everything, and, you know, I made sure to go into the bathroom just because I wanted to see what does it look like, and the toilets are like wicker things. They're very strange. Um, so, you know, we just wanted to see everything. So it was, it was an incredible evening, and um, then, of course, we took the lift to go back down. <laughs> and and I tripped, so I said, "Well, obviously, I need I need the elevator. <laughs> I can't handle the stairs. I can't handle being dressed up fancy." Um. So, what else, David? Do you have anything else to say about it? It was it was amazing. No, it was yeah, it was it was not. And again, you're really there just because of the being able to say you have that experience. Right. And so I don't I don't know fancy food. I don't. I mean, it was you know I'm. We're not extremely picky eaters. What I had was absolutely amazing, and again, they they customized it and left some of the the stuff off that I had no idea what it was. And, but it was a, <laughs> it was a it, it it really was neat. And again, as a person who is just a fan of right. just wanting to absorb as much understanding about Walt and his thought process behind the parks, I mean the you know something like that. I and mean, I posted on Facebook about having been there, and there were friends that I have in college that I haven't seen for you know what, now would be 13, 14 years that said, what, you got in the Club 33? How cool is that? 
And so it was just a, it's, it's one of those, I mean, you are paying you know, an arm, a leg, and a plasma donation for right. the ability to do it. But the opportunity to be able to do that is so cool. And so, I mean, we are so grateful. Mm-hmm. It was just an amazing opportunity to get to say that. And that, I mean, yeah, we took a lot of pictures and that kind of stuff. But to be honest, it's not going to be the pictures and it's not going to be the little keychain and all that kind of stuff. It's simply going to be the fact that we had an opportunity to do something that is so special right. and that is so for lack of a better word, so revered in the Disney community and the mm-hmm. Disney park community that it's, I mean, it was probably one of the highlights of the trip. And, yes, because we got to get dressed up and that kind of stuff, but to know that Walt Disney himself kind of played a role in that club, in that place, at least starting or at least the you know, the the idea for it and everything, again, always going back to this is where the idea started, it was just an absolute, an absolute blast, and we are so, so thankful that we had the opportunity to do it. So we heard from Jacob and Jonah what their highlights were. What David, what was what was your highlights at the Disneyland Resort? I think my highlight were was first of all, again, as I think I mentioned a little bit before, I thoroughly enjoyed how much appreciation I now have for what what I keep saying we have in Orlando, like I live there. Uh-huh. But you know what what there is at what I consider to be my <laughs> home, quote unquote, park. I really appreciate them a lot more simply because of knowing what they had and the decision-making process of what they were going to do next and what it started as. And, of course, there's that goosebumpy thing of realizing that, you know, Walt Disney is there and he walked underneath that castle and, and, that, and that kind of stuff. So I think just the idea that you were there. Now, Pete, Pete Werner's talked about it quite a bit, and, and other people have mentioned it on, on other shows. It's just kind of cool to be there and know that, you are walking in the same place Walt Disney walked, and that kind of say, okay, that's cheesy, and why could you really care about anything that much? But even my son, Jacob, I remember when he saw that picture of Walt Disney on the cat, there's a, there's a picture in our hotel room of that iconic picture of Walt walking out of the backside of the castle by himself. Yeah. And Jacob said, is that a real picture or is that a painting? And I said, no, that's a real picture. And he said, Daddy, we probably walked on the exact same piece of ground nice. that Walt Disney did. How cool is that? And I almost got a tear in my eye because I said, I mean, that's cool. Right? Wow. A seven-year-old a seven year old gets that, and, uh, you know, again, we get picked on all the time, and then people poke fun at us or something like that. But to be at places like to walk through the entrance and know that this is something that he had a hand in designing and that he played a role in, you know, the Tiki Room, whether or not there have been changes made here or there, or whatever, it really doesn't matter. The fact is, is that somebody who, what he has, what he contributed to culture, to society, and what a role it plays in both of our lives, both obviously my wife's job, but as well as how I've kind of molded some areas of my job around it as well. To be able to actually be there where it quite literally all began, and then go to Club 33, and then, you know, uh, get to go on, 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 on Pirates and do all these other things, it do, it didn't lessen my appreciation for Walt Disney World anymore. And I'm not going to at all say that I have a favorite because I love both places. It made me appreciate what we have in Walt Disney World even more. Not because Walt Disney World but is better, but because I appreciate how much thought and how much ingenuity went into realizing that they had struck gold idealized and that they were then able to translate that into such different experiences in Orlando, and this is, seems to be a common refrain whenever you hear a Disney World fan go and say, oh, I didn't want to go to Disneyland because I thought everything would be the same, and I got there, and it's absolutely not, and that now I understand why people say that because of 
the history that's there, the legacy that's there. And I think the word I use, I may have, whether I used it this with Nancy or Mary Jo when we were hanging out with them, but the pride, the attraction mm-hmm. that really mm-hmm. showed pride to me was the Jungle Cruise. Because I will admit, there are sometimes I'm on the Jungle Cruise in Orlando, and I feel like they are trying to get us through it, and they have that spiel because they have to say it. I honestly, with our Jungle Cruise skipper, at least the first one, the last one was late at night, and it was kind of crazy, and so I don't know that I paid attention as much. But the first time we went on, I didn't feel like it was a spiel. I felt like he was talking to us, and he was our guide, and he took his time. And to me, that shows pride in what you do. And it probably also shows a little bit more acting skill because of where they are geographically. Uh-huh. But regardless, the pride that I felt being in those places, it's, I, you know, I get it now. And that for me is what I think was just the coolest thing of being able to appreciate that. And that's, that's what will stick with me, both as an educator as well as a Disney fan. Excellent. Before I get to you, Leo, one thing I, we hadn't talked about that just came to my mind. Um, how, did, how was your character interaction besides Surf's Up? Oh, Leah. Um, it was different. Okay. There, as he he said earlier about um something, it might have been the tickets. We're so used to the rules, <laughs> like at right. Disney World, here's your line, and you'd better be in it. And there's a character attendant. You know, there might even be two of them standing right. by that character, right. and you know. It's all very rigid, and that that sounds really bad, and I, I don't mean it that way. But when you see both of them and compare, you would know what I'm talking about. It was just very, everything was just like, oh, we've got time. We're going to stand over here. If you want to stand in this line, fine. If you want to stand over here, fine. And <laughs> nice. It just was, it was a lot more loose than we were used to. I think it's um, important, I think it's important to make, sorry for interrupting, Leah. No, you're I, fine. I think it's important to make a distinction, Tom, between Quality of interaction yeah. and accessibility to interaction. Okay. Quality to interaction, no problems with whatsoever. When we were with characters, when we went to um, Lydia, her favorite princess is Cinderella. She calls nice. her Rella. We see her on the TV. We see her on a toothbrush. I mean, it's Rella, Rella. We got her a, a little Rella doll, and she was kissing it for the next two hours. And so we went into um, it, it, this. This experience actually kind of illustrates both the frustration we had with characters as well as the high side. So we went to the um, Princess Fairy Tale Hall or whatever that meet and greet yep. area is Fancy called. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, so we one. got there. It was one of the first things we did one morning because we said, we've done everything for the boys. Let's take Lydia to see Cinderella. So we went there, and the only two princesses posted on the board were Ariel and Aurora. Aurora. There was yeah. no third. And so we said, oh, no, it's, we asked the cast member, is Cinderella not here? Well, we don't know. She might be. She might not be. Sometimes she has places to be. And we said, okay, well, is is, is there any time that we that we can know she's here? Well, she kind of just pops in. If they ever know for certain she's here, then they'll put her on the list. And we kind of got frustrated, and I feel bad yeah. now because I probably was a little more curt with the, the cast member that I should have been. But I said, we just this is our daughter's favorite character. Our time is running out here in California. We just really want to know when we can meet her. Well, you can always try back later, and hopefully she'll be here. We thought, are you kidding me? And so later we came back that night, and it was probably six hours later, and still not on the board, and we thought, oh, my gosh, you have got to be joking, because it said that it closed at, like, 7 o'clock, and it was, like, 6.15. And so we said, there's no way. So we went up, and the cast member, uh, who knows who listens, but her name was Lizzie. She's fantastic. And she said, well, here's the deal. We're going to close pretty soon. By the time you guys get up there, I will probably be back there. 
So if she's not there, you just let me know that this your daughter's favorite princess, and I'll see what I can do. What she was basically doing is setting up for the fact that Cinderella was, in fact, there. It was just kind of a surprise. But it was like we were trying to see the Pope. Well, we can't really tell you if he's here. And we thought, <laughs> but we, we, we just want to know. And so I'm used to looking at a time guide and yeah. seeing or asking a cast member, yes, this is the time that this cast member will be here. We never got to see Tinkerbell. Lydia wore a Tinkerbell dress one day. Pixie Hollow closes at 3, 3.15, and there's no possible way to see her in the park after that. Um, we went to Toontown one morning at opening, like we were waiting there at opening, uh-huh. uh, in whatever time it opened, 10 o'clock, and walked back and went right to Mickey's house, um, saw Mickey, and then thought, okay, let's go to Minnie. Well, no, Minnie wasn't there. She right. was just out greeting at the edge of Toontown. I'm like, okay, are you kidding? And so then they say, oh, but she'll be there at 11 o'clock. Well, we couldn't stay. We had fast passes, so we had to leave. And so then we went, and she was standing out in the middle of Main Street at some other time, and Leah went up with Lydia and said, can we get a picture with and Minnie? And Lydia's dressed like Minnie Mouse at this time. And so, okay. she says, <laughs> and so she said, no, I'm sorry. We've already closed the line for today. But she'll be at, she'll be at her house for the next hour and a half. We thought, but we were already there this morning, and she wasn't there. Oh, no, she'll be there. But are you sure? Well, she should be there for probably about another hour and a half. And so we never got to meet Minnie until late at night. Lights already out. It was the night that Mary Jo had the kids. Mickey and Minnie were um, standing out on Main Street in a, in a little area. Didn't have our camera with us or anything. We thought, oh, this is fantastic. We have PhotoPass. No PhotoPass photographer with Mickey and Minnie. <laughs> oh. And so we have a dark camera. And this is when Mickey and Minnie were in their classic outfits. Because in Toontown, um, I guess it might be good for yeah. first-timers to know, he doesn't wear his classic tux. At least he wasn't at the time. He was wearing his sorcerer Mickey right, outfit, and right. again, this is this is lame, but we always want to get a picture with our kids and us in the classic Mickey tuxedo, and so that was the only chance to get it with him. And Minnie was there, so we're like, "Oh, this is fantastic! We have to take it on our cell phone." <laughs> and so it wasn't necessarily the quality of the interaction because they hugged Lydia and they kind of messed around with the boys. And when we went to see the princesses, the character attendants then where, you know, the princesses asked if they could talk to the boys, and the boys said, no, we don't want to get a picture with you because you're not a Jedi. And so the princesses were saying, well, what do I have to do to be a Jedi? And so they were giving them pens, and they say, well, you have to have a red lightsaber. And uh, Ariel said, well, I have red hair. Doesn't that count? And so, I mean, they were fantastic. The, nice. the interaction, once you got to a character, was stellar. It was the ability to get them. And, again, context, contextually, we are used to Orlando when everything is very scheduled and very structured, now I think if and when we ever go back, we will learn from our mistakes and learn from our experience and know that if we see a character, we make sure that we get in that line. Because in Orlando, if we see a character, we're like, oh, we don't have to get in the line for that because we know that we can always look on the times guide and they'll be here, 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 and here. If we, correcting our mistakes, the first time we got to, if we see a character and walk by Donald, who I don't ever think we got a picture with. Mm-hmm. We would say, yes, it's a long line. We don't know that we'll ever see him again this entire trip where we can actually get to him and have the time. So let's go ahead and do that now. We, and also, be done with it. we also did see a lot of characters sort of randomly, which was good. Right. Like Goofy was at, at Goofy's Kitchen, you know, at, um, uh, at the Disneyland Hotel. And he opened the door by himself and just walked outside, just looking around. Like, and I'm nice. thinking, don't you have people sitting at the table <laughs> in there? You're supposed to be seeing. So we grabbed him and took a picture. And then he went back in. And so we did have a lot of those kind of things where, you know, randomly, well, we were looking on Main Street. We were looking down towards the castle, and somebody starts talking to us, and we turn around, and it's Alice from Alice in Wonderland, standing there nice. totally by herself, yeah. right behind us. Yeah. And, you know, so 
so there was a lot of those kind of things too. We just we happened to have several times where we were frustrated trying to find somebody specifically, but we did see a lot of people just randomly out and about, and you know, so it's probably it's just our experience. So it you know it'll be different for the next people that go. Yeah, once so. we once we got to the characters, the interaction was was fantastic. Right. Awesome. Yep. All right. So Leah, what were what were your highlights at the Disneyland Resort? Okay. So two things. Um, I loved doing all the classic things like going on the jungle cruise and Dumbo and the Tiki room and we got to see, you know, Walt's lamp in his apartment and just seeing all the I was gonna ask if I was gonna ask if Jacob showed you where the lamp was. Yes, so that's gonna be the rest (laughs) of my things that I liked is I love seeing them learning. Uh Our kids already know more about Disney, Walt Disney, Disneyland, Disney World than the average child. Um but they learned so much on this trip. Because they went to Great Moments of Mr. Lincoln and watched watched that. You know, we watched the little movie in the Disney Gallery. They read all the plaques. Jacob, Mary Jo had told us about um, Ron Dominguez, who sold the the land right. for the park. And Jacob pointed out the window to me later one day when Mary Jo wasn't there. He pointed and said, oh, that's who he, she was talking about. This is the guy. Yep. Told me all about the window. He pointed out, here's Walt Disney's dad's window. Told me all about it and pointing out the lamp and wanted to know all about the apartment. And so I loved getting to see, and Jonah did the same thing too. Jacob just talked more. Um, but so I love getting to see them learning all of these things and to see how much they picked up on. And and they did, you know, obviously we're going to compare it to Walt Disney World because that's what we're used to. And they were doing the same thing but picking up on these little details. And so for us, especially with, like David was saying, our jobs, I mean, he teaches about this you know, and this is obviously what I do for a living, and so it's neat for us to get to see them enjoying all of these little things, and they appreciate the history of the Tiki Room. You know, we talked about Walt buying the animatronic bird, and then this started all of these things, and so it was neat that they appreciated all of that, and so I really enjoyed going on all those classic things and seeing all of these things that, you know, you grow up watching movies from Disneyland, you know, and I mean, seeing my kids love Steamboat Willie. I mean, you know, that's yeah. obviously such a classic cartoon, and they sat there and laughed hysterically for half an hour. And then they they even noticed, you know, oh, on all the Disney movies that we see now, you see Mickey whistling and driving that boat. That's from Steamboat Willie. And they uh-huh. were so excited to put that together. And so I enjoyed that. We did um, the profiles of the kids at the Silhouette Studio. We okay, had that done. Awesome. We've never had that done before. Nice. But I've seen the video on the Disney Parks blog, and the lady who was on the video is the one that did it, Bonnie, who's worked <laughs> there for 36 years. Wow. Oh, and cool. So that was something, you know, that's a classic thing, you know. We wanted, we all these little classic things that, you know, I've known about forever, uh-huh. we got to do. And so that's what I loved. I love just seeing them experience all the stuff. So... It was just neat. And they're, like I said, Jacob was telling some kid in line about the history of Disneyland. <laughs> and so, you know, people people that are around here in Illinois are now going to know all about Walt Disney because he's <laughs> going to tell them everything. So, but it was just great to get to watch them experience it and see, the, you know, all the stuff that we love and that we know, but to see them learning as well. So. Yeah, there were experiences that, that we had that I don't know. I, I mean, obviously there was paid admission and all that kind of stuff. When I mean experiences you can't buy, they're going to be memories and things that I'm going to be able to discuss with people, and I'm going to be able to say, you know, I I I rode on pirates, you know, I I I got to eat at Club 33, um, you know, I got to, 
you know, stand in the same spot underneath the castle that Walt Disney did. I mean, those those things for a Disney park, they may be lost on some other people that aren't. I mean, people that aren't Disney parks fans can go and still Just have a fantastic it. time. Right. I have I have no doubt about that. But the, I mean, those those are experiences that priceless may be a word that that may not communicate as well. But experiences that are indelible, right? Ones that are that will forever be etched. That I'll say, I got to do that. How cool is that? And I may only have a couple of pictures to remember it by, but those experiences, especially at such a historical place, that I think you lose a little bit of when you're in Disney World because four parks, there's so much, you're doing so much. Not that there's not history in Walt Disney World, I'm not at all suggesting that, but I just think that the origin story of both the man and um, the company, the parks themselves, being able to experience that exact spot it is out of this world, and it's something that I hope that people, if they haven't, if they've been listening to Leah's segments and reading her blogs, if they haven't decided to go for it and do the experience of making a trip to Southern California, even without all the Southern California stuff, just doing Disneyland is an absolute, in my mind, a no-brainer. All right, so let's talk about tips. What tips were we totally right about? What tips were we full of, you know, what about, and what, what, <laughs> what, what tips do you think, what, what did you learn where, that we didn't um, talk about? Food, I think, was a little bit more expensive than we thought. Okay. Um, now the quality was excellent. So, and depending on where you were, you got plenty of food also. Um, but adult meals were a little bit more than we were expecting. Okay. Um, and so we ended up, as we, that was Nancy's planned, fault. I think she said that it was cheaper. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but anyway, we ended up bringing in sandwiches. Thank you, Nancy. Um, for our, let's we'll see, that makes up for it. Um, we brought in sandwiches and stuff for the kids, and so we actually didn't do very many kids' meals at all. So, you know, it came out okay, but I think it was a little bit more than we were expecting. Part of it was that we wanted to try the food. A lot of times we will just split a meal, but, you know, we wanted to try whatever was on right. the menu, so we just went ahead and got two meals. Um, what else? David, well, we already talked about we think five days is – I wouldn't go any shorter than five days if you haven't been there. Right. Um, yeah, I think if you know – I think that if you know that this is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime or a once-in-a-very-long-time trip, I think that time management is much – because there's only two parks to spread out all those people, I think that time management and making sure that you're very wise with what you do is very, very, very important. Um, we actually were kind of frustrated, and this wasn't at all due to either of you, to any of your advice, but we had a lot of problems with extremely rude and disrespectful high schoolers while we were there. Uh, Leah had to ask a couple of kids to stop dropping all kinds of profanities because our kids were right there, and then had to stand um, and listen as they talked about her and their right to free speech right and all this other kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, it was almost to the point where had we possibly been there seven days instead of five, and I had, and everything had happened the same. I actually might have considered after supper taking our kids home, because there were our last night we were there, and that was a Friday night. And I know Nancy and her husband always say they try to avoid Friday nights if at all possible because of how yeah. crazy it gets. But again, we didn't we didn't have a choice. I mean, you know, we were there, and yeah. that was our last night, and we were there. I mean, there were times where I was kind of frightened not to be holding on to both of my children. Realize there's one of us walking with a stroller. It's kind of hard to carry both kids. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, people were just pushing and shoving. Leah almost got, well, Jacob actually, yeah. Jacob got hit 
by Leah and basically ended up stopping her from falling over because there were a group of high school students that wanted to get somewhere and were dancing and singing and screaming so loud that they just shoved their way past her and she had a big heavy backpack on and almost yeah, I got fell, over, over. fell over backwards and landed on Jacob. And so I just think oh, that wow. it, we, we, we didn't have realistic expectations. We were probably a little more naive than we should have been about what the crowds were going to be like. Well, well I think we some about, of that is grad, I, was grad night. Right. Yeah, right. we talked about that. The time that we went, kids are all sort of ending school. It was grad nights. Was it Thursday and Friday, yeah. David? Okay. And no, so there were a lot of students in the parks. Um, the grad night started at 11 o'clock at night, so they were all in the parks ahead of time. Right. And at 11, I mean, you know, they're chanting through the streets. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Um, but, you know, had we gone in February, we might not have had that. Right. Um, yeah. You know, so it probably just depends. We did notice... You know, you guys talk about it's a local park, and it really gets busier after people are off school and off work. Yep. And we didn't know if maybe that was a little bit of the, I don't know, the people sort of being a little bit ruder. I think a lot of it's because there were so many younger people. But there weren't, there's more, um, there were more young people than there would be at Disney World. Like, not, and I don't mean that there weren't families, because there obviously were, but there were a lot more people that you could tell were, on a date or just there for the evening, uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You could tell we're here all the time. We'll be back tomorrow. You know, we'll be back next week, whatever. And so I don't know if, if that was it, if they were just kind of like, oh, whatever, we're coming back. We'll do whatever we want. I don't know if that makes sense. But it was just, I think I think a lot of it is grad nights, and that was just, you know, there were just too many young children That's what I was who just say. didn't I think, care. I think we have to make sure to be very cautious. We're not at all saying that people shouldn't right. go as a result of that or that that ruined our experience. It was just, it was something that was a very stark difference because I don't think, at least not one, but again, Lee and I talked about this, and we have a three-hour ride back from the airport, so we had a lot of time to talk. <laughs> um, you know, we, at Disney World, when we normally go, are at the following times. First two weeks of January, first two, we- first two weeks of December. Yeah, which so is. we're not used to those crowds. Maybe if every year we go in June or July, maybe we say, oh, those crowds are nothing. It's not a big deal. But right. from what we're used to, there were so many more, and it felt like perhaps that we were experiencing more rude and disrespectful guests just because there were so many. I mean, I could not believe the language, and I kept telling Leah, make sure that you're talking to Jacob right now because I mean, he, <laughs> will repeat, he, he will repeat any single thing and then ask us, and he won't take you don't need to know about that right now. That will not be an answer. Whenever the birds and the bees talk comes up, we're in trouble. <laughs> we will not. We will not take a blow-off answer. I mean, it's going. He is, you know, as as Mary Jo learned from being with them yeah. in the parks and and talking Disney history with my seven and five year old. Um, they will repeat anything, and there were literally times that we had to try to distract them because of how it was. And the, the one instance that I really remember that was kind of an unfortunate experience was we had gotten a spot right at the edge of Main Street, right in front of the castle for fireworks. And so we're there, and there were these people. And so as fireworks started, see, at Disney World, we're used to them closing off all of the areas that basically obstruct your view. We didn't realize that they don't do that in that pathway in front of the castle. So our kid Mm. Jonah is a very short kid, and Jacob's not extremely tall either. So we were right there. What a fantastic view. And the entire fireworks show were hundreds and hundreds of high schoolers and other guests either walking by with their phones held up to video the fireworks, which made us not be able to see, or 20 or 30 people would just decide to stop in front of us in front of the castle. And you know how when somebody does that, it's like in a movie theater when somebody's being obnoxious, you'll say something like, 
I'm sorry, Leah, but the kids can't see now. What do I do? Instead of saying, please move, you try to do it like you're being very clever. And instead, I would just say, ma'am, you know, we've been here for quite a while. My five-year-old, he's blocking his entire view. They'd turn and look at us, kind of glare at us and go, okay, and then turn around and keep looking. Yes, a cast member eventually, (laughs) there was a poor cast member (laughs) who I thought might have a stroke because you can see that he was like, oh, no, oh, no, somebody's in that spot. What do I do? Like he'd never had a confrontation in his life. (laughs) And so he walked up with his little lightsaber and, you know, asked them to, to, to move. And so they did that. But the problem was the entire fireworks show, that's what we saw. Uh-huh. We saw them, mm. uh, you know, pushing people away. Please move. Please move. You can't sit here, ma'am. You can't sit here. Well, why not? Why can't I sit here? All these people are here, but they've been here. You can't stay on the sidewalk. Well, why not? And fighting with them. And I mean, poor cast members. Heavens, if they don't get, they shouldn't get paid three times as much as they do for running those fireworks and those parades because what they have to put up with. And again, it didn't ruin our experience. It was just different from what we were ready for. And so I think that. Yeah. Packing your patience, I think, as they say on the Orlando team show, is going to be very important because it's a much different experience, especially if you go at, quote-unquote, slow times in Orlando um, than than we were used to. And I think the, the guest-to-guest interaction was um, drastically different than we are used to, at least at the time yeah. we go. Um, any other yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah. Um. I think we, I, I think Leah, you had asked, um, on one of the podcasts about food, about budget wise, cause that was a question that I kind of fed her with and says, please find out how much, I'm a, I'm a budget nerd. I'm, when I, when we go to Disney World, I have a spreadsheet and it has the park hours and the uh, dining reservation numbers and all that kind of stuff. And so I wanted to know how much to budget. And I think that I had ended up budgeting, um, just about, I think $80 a day. And that was probably about right. Um, that was with bringing in sandwiches for the kids. But it ended up probably being with getting the meals, you know, with the lunch and then getting a dessert for the kids and snacks and something like that. We probably, if people want to know about how much to budget, we never paid for breakfast. We ate granola bars or stuff like that leaving the room. And so eating lunch, dinner in the parks, and then also having probably two snacks a day. And that's for five people because, well, Lydia doesn't eat a lot of food. She does eat a lot of snacks. <laughs> and so um, snacks for, for five people twice a day and then lunch and dinner we probably ended up spending, with the exception of a special dining experience like uh, Carthay Circle or something like that, we probably ended up spending around $80 a day. And I know that people who are Disney World fans are very used to being able to know, I buy the dining plan and this is how much I spend, or I know that I'm going to these meals and this is how much I spend. Right. So that's something that a lot of people have asked us, well, what did you budget for food? And we ended up spending probably between 80 and $85 a day, give or take, right. um, depending on where we were. Obviously, if we ate corn, corn dogs for one meal, that's going to be less, but then it's balanced out when you get a $13 meal per person at Flows or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was it was between eighty and eighty five dollars a day for food. I think all of the advice. I mean, we everything that we talked about on the podcast, we took into consideration. You know, we did the we rushed to Radio Springs Racers one day, but then the next time we walked slowly and paid attention to everything. You know, we tried to, um, you know, we tried to make sure that we tried that we could see all the details and everything. And we really we really ended up pretty well following the itinerary and plan that we sort of had talked about you know, the whole time that we had planned out on the podcast, the only thing that we maybe would have changed, we said, and this wasn't that big of a deal, was that we wouldn't have stayed in Anaheim for our Hollywood time. We would have stayed in Burbank or somewhere. We didn't realize, as David was saying about distances, we didn't realize where things were. Uh 
We also, at the time, didn't know that we would be spending two days in that area. Right. So we didn't have a real plan, and so it wasn't possible, really, for us to plan that, I guess. But now, if we were looking back and were to change it, we would have stayed somewhere else. But we got, I mean, we got a good rate at where we were staying, and so, you know, we wanted to stay there. Plus, we could see Disneyland out our window, so that was amazing. You know, so we, we loved where we stayed, but... If we were to do it again, we probably would have maybe stayed somewhere else just because uh-huh. of location. Now that we know driving time and how things work, you know, but that's really the only reason, not not because there was anything wrong with it, because there wasn't at all. But um, all of our rooms were great. We had big rooms. There was plenty of room for a pack-and-play, which was fabulous, in every every hotel that we stayed at, because we were at four different, four different hotels uh-huh. on the trip, so... Yeah, but all the advice, everything was was great. We we used everything. So. All right. Any last thoughts? Let's start with Leah. No, we had a fabulous trip. It was we got to do all the cheesy touristy stuff that I wanted to do in the beginning. We got to see friends that we don't ever get to see. We got to go to Disneyland. We got to, you know, experience all of the the Disney history stuff that we wanted to do. We we had an absolute blast. It was an amazing trip. David? We were exhausted, but I'm it sorry. was amazing. <laughs> David, David, last thoughts. Yeah, I think that never more have we had an opportunity to really appreciate and get to experience, not just learn about, but experience the beginnings of something that is so important and so loved by us. And so I think that opportunity for Disney fans in general, whether you've only been to Disney World or whether you've never been to a Disney park and you're, park and you're just a fan of, um, you know, the company, the man himself, having the opportunity to go out there where it all began, I think is something that no Disney fan should ever miss, whether it's the backstage magic tour, um, you know, that the, the Diz does, or whether it's just the trip on your own, having that opportunity to do that is something that every person who's a fan of anything Disney should take the opportunity to do as soon as possible. And we said for us, it was nice, it was like a real vacation. Because, and I know that sounds weird, my friends would say, what, you go on vacation all the time, what are you right. talking about? But <laughs> Disney World, yes, it is a vacation. Yes, we love it. Yes, we have fun. But we know it. We know where everything is, and it's not, it's not new. Right. And we still enjoy it. It doesn't mean at all that we don't enjoy it. But this was something, we were totally experiencing something brand new. And we were saying this might be our first real family vacation, just us. Because we often travel with my parents or his parents or or we're going to Disney World, someplace that we know. But for us, I mean, renting a car and driving, we stayed at the Hojo. I mean, how much more vacation can right. you get than that? Right, and you, you went to the beach, I mean. Right, right. We went to the beach. We went to the mountains. We did, you know, we went to Disneyland. We went to the theme park. We did all of these things. It was a real vacation, and it was something new. And so it was, we loved that. We have not done that. I mean, we've been married 12 years, and we have not done something like that that's been new to us. This trip Just had our, our family. This trip had our new vacation smell. Yes. <laughs> right? Nice. That you can only really have once. And that's why, you know, there was an opportunity to possibly um, go to the 24-hour event on Friday night. Mm-hmm. And I, that was an amazing opportunity. I turned it down because I wanted to experience the park for the first time. I was telling some other friends that, 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 that we got to meet with. The last time I experienced the Disney park, 
for the first time was whenever I would have been to Animal Kingdom first, probably 99, 2000, something like that. So it's been over a decade since I've had the experience of new Disney park smell. And this was an opportunity to do that with two different parks. And so that was amazing to be able to experience. Which is why I didn't look a lot of park maps and I didn't look, watch right. a lot of videos and stuff because I just wanted to say how cool is this and not only do we get to experience such a historical place, but with my family, with with our kids, with my wife, we get to experience it all together. And it was just it was it was out of this world. I can't say enough good things. So I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> Well, David, Leah, we so appreciate you sharing your vacation with us. And over these last six months, I five, think so. mo- five months, That's five months, we, we told the boys. You know, we yeah. we told them. Well, I guess we haven't. We talked about our surprise. We surprised yeah. them with this, and so like just two days before, we surprised them with the fact that we're going to Disneyland. And we said we've been planning this for six months. You know, we've been <laughs> we wanted to tell them all these things, and yeah. they're like. And Jacob or Jonah said to us, I kind of just want to be surprised now. Don't tell me everything you have planned. Nice. And um, we said, we're so excited. We've been planning for six months. We want to tell you everything, you know. And so, yeah, I can't believe it's been that long. But, yeah. Excellent. It's been fun. Excellent. Thank you, David. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, everyone. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland <laughs> shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember... Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.